I've already been swimming today. I don't know about you. Uh, But here in the Midwest, in this part of the United States, it is a sweet time of year to be outdoors. Uh, We live in a part of the world where there is an amazing abundance and blessing of fresh water. Have you noticed there's this incredible lake just 15 miles to the east of us? I mean, literally, it is one of the most awesome lakes on the planet. And whether you've ever been camping or been to somebody's cottage in Wisconsin or Minnesota or the north woods of Michigan, it is good to be outdoors in the summer in the Midwest and around water. This is not true in every corner of the globe. On the other side of the world, in the Middle East, there is not a similar abundance of fresh water. There are a few exceptions. The Sea of Galilee in the north of Israel is one of them. So there's a map behind me right now. In the south of Israel is the Dead Sea, the most salt-concentrated body of water on the planet. The Jordan River flows from the north of Israel out of the freshwater Sea of Galilee, and by the time it makes it to the Dead Sea, the amount of salts and dirt and nutrients in there... mm. But the Sea of Galilee in the north is a beautiful lake. Seen from above, it looks especially alive and blue and refreshing. The old Jewish rabbi said this, The Almighty has made seven seas, but the Sea of Galilee is his highest delight. Isn't this a lovely picture? I've never been there, but this picture makes me want to go there. It was along the shores of this lake, and the Sea of Galilee indeed is a lake, that the Lord Jesus began his ministry. Over the summer of 2018, here in our worship services at Elmhurst Christian Reformed Church, we are going to focus on the life-giving words, miracles, teachings, and invitations that Jesus himself offered on the side of this lake. What Jesus did at the shores of Sea of Galilee beckons us to live and grow, even as the waters of this lake flow down through an arid and dry country and give life to the animals, the plants, and the people of this, that part of the world. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 4 says this, When Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been put in prison, he withdrew up to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. So there's a trigger moment here in the Gospels. Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, is put into the prison down in the south of Israel, and Jesus withdraws up to Galilee in the north. Jesus is not scared. He does not make this decision out of fear or anxiety. Jesus goes to the north out of wisdom. Jesus knows at this point not only that he is the Messiah, he knows how to be the Messiah. Jesus knows his mission, and he knows the right time when things are going to be fulfilled. And when John is in prison is not yet the right time. So he leaves the south, he leaves the area of Jerusalem, and goes first to his hometown, of Nazareth. He leaves Nazareth just yeah, a short 20-mile drive down Route 77 in Israel and goes to Capernaum on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. Now, this is not the world's biggest lake. 
It is about eight miles across at its widest, I mean, from Villa Park to Oak Park, and it is about 13 miles long at its longest, maybe from here to Palos Heights. So we're not talking about Lake Superior or Lake Michigan. I mean, this is a smallish lake that would fit many, many, many times in Chicagoland. Jesus did not come to be a celebrity. If he wanted to have crowds, if he wanted to have fame, if he wanted to have influence or power immediately, Jesus could have started in the south, in Jerusalem. He would have made a name for himself overnight. That was not his calling. That was not his goal. As fascinated as we are by celebrities and superstars, that was not what Jesus was after. Jesus chose to start in the north. Humble beginnings. Obscure beginnings. He started in a place in a part of the country that is literally out there. And he chose to begin not by amassing a giant crowd who would give him fame and adoration. He began by calling folks to intimacy, to really know him, to really experience him. This town, Capernaum, on the North Shore, was to be his base camp, his launch site. And the Bible even tells us why Jesus started there. It says this, Jesus did this in order to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus self-consciously began in the hinterlands where there were people living in darkness, spiritual darkness. Jesus starts in, quote, Galilee of the Gentiles, where there is a mixed company of his countrymen and countrywomen, Jewish folks, and Gentiles. I think Jesus probably is very comfortable currently in North America because we are a people increasingly living in spiritual darkness. We have all these lights on our screens, on our phones. There is LED light shining everywhere, but we need a deeper light, and this is where Jesus wants to start. This is where he started with the people living in spiritual darkness. He was not just aiming, as easy as that would have been, at his countrymen and countrywomen. He is aiming for everybody. Jesus is casting his net in deep waters. He is sailing into troubled seas. Jesus is not trying to create a nice little self-contained aquarium. Jesus is about to go fishing for people, and it's going to be an incredible adventure and a giant mess. Aquariums are really nice, aren't they? But nobody gets in or out. Jesus did not come to create a spiritual, nice, tidy aquarium for us to hang out on and get a little food one time a week. Jesus came to go fishing in the wild. Here's how it all started. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. And if you would be the voice of the Lord altogether, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, as Jesus was walking Beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, 
and they were casting their net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And so the adventure begins. Jesus offers this vision. He offers a mission for disciples to share with him from day one. He's not giving lectures. It's not a nice classroom. He invites them in to his mission adventure from day one, from the beginning. Jesus is not just sharing deep thoughts. He is not sharing just wise words from the beginning. Jesus is sharing his very life with those that he calls to be his disciples. Jesus, from the beginning, is sharing his body, his blood, his heart, his essential self. He is sharing that with people living in darkness, People like us, people like our neighbors, not just the good folks, not just the educated folks, not just the folks who have a car to drive to worship on Sunday morning. He is sharing his essential self with everybody who is living in great darkness. Jesus is not the keeper of some aquarium. He is fishing for people. And he is inviting disciples to come and do the same. The bread that we're about to receive at the end of this worship service is not some kind of sanctified fish food that is dropped into the aquarium of this worship center. I've never thought of this as an aquarium before, but I mean, there's such a nice view out to the outside world and there's a lot of water in here today. This is not God's vision of our worship center, right? To be a self-contained aquarium. That is not what it is about. This sacrament is food for your soul. It is soul food meant to empower you so that you can put your feet behind the feet of the master Jesus and share in his dangerous adventure. The dangerous adventure of this world-changing Galilean, this guy who is out there. This church is not an aquarium. It is a little piece of the lakeshore. And the presence of Jesus is still here, calling one and all to come and follow. Do you want to follow him this summer? I mean, I hope after witnessing a dozen of our young men and women say, I'm all in, that there's something that rises up in your spirit and says, I'm still all in. If you've been all in in the past, or if you've never been all in, that thinks, maybe I should be all in. I hope that there's something that rises up in you after seeing joy rise up from the waters of baptism that concludes, yes, the life that rises up daily with the resurrection power that brought Jesus up out of the grave, that's the life I desire. That's the life I want. I'm into that. This is not going to be an easy life, a simple life. Over the course of this summer, uh, even though many of us will be vacation and traveling and coming in and out of worship, you're going to hear some audacious things that Jesus Christ is inviting us into. 
not a tidy aquarium, an adventure in real life, on the water, beside the water, through the water. I'm in. Anybody else? Ian? Lord God, we want to follow you. In our own strength, this is going to be more than we can handle. So breathe in us through your spirit. Feed us with the food that our souls crave. Give us light for our darkness. For Jesus' sake, amen.